to the best of both worlds. I'm your host, Darrell Briscoe. I'm so excited to have you guys here on the show again with us today. Again, on this show, we talk about a variety of different topics and issues that we have experienced in, um, uh, we've uh, studied, and uh, we just have a, a, just a big passion. Topics like faith, uh, marriage, uh, children, friendship, leadership, ministry. Um, man, just so glad that you guys could join us for another episode of the best of both worlds. Uh, I am in the studio alone. Um, and, uh, this, uh, on this episode, I'm just going to be talking about just my journey and, uh, becoming woke. Um, you know, there's a, there's a saying, uh, stay woke out there. And, uh, Angela Rye, uh, who is a CNN political commentator, uh, um, uh, she is um, uh, attorney, uh, does a lot of stuff on BET, uh, but been a, been a big fan of hers for a long time. And she has a, a term that she uses called work woke. You know, essentially that's not enough to stay woke. You, you got to work woke, you know. Um, uh, but but I'm, I'm just on this episode, I'm just talking about you just my journey into, you know, this um, this passion when it comes to uh, uh, racial justice, uh, racial equality, um, social justice, um, you know, it's um, it's always kind of been there. But um, as I've gotten older and, you know, things have become a bit more focused, there's just been more clarity in my life. Um, you know, essentially, uh, staying woke, you know, it mean, means to be aware, you know, to, to, to be... Uh, Awaken to uh, uh, disparities and inequalities that exist in our society today, and um, and 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 you know to to not fall under the law that all is well and uh, every everybody has a fair shot at the American dream and all you gotta do is just work uh, work hard, play by the rules, pull yourselves up by your bootstraps, you're gonna be all right. I mean that unfortunately that's not reality for a lot of people, um, and so. Um, you know, that's uh, essentially what that means. And, you know, so gosh, my journey, um, when it comes to this issue, um, uh, of, of, of racial injustice, racial inequality, you know, it really started for me in college, um, you know, um, college, it, it was undergrad at the university of North Florida and it was the summer of 2000, um, it, it, no, I'm sorry. It was the fall of 2005, and um, I remember sitting and yeah, I was a political science and history major, and I remember sitting in class and uh, hearing about a hurricane named Katrina that was forming and uh, that was uh, actually right off the Florida Keys. It was about to hit Florida. It hit. It actually hit Florida, and. Um, um, you know, the, the, the year before Florida had four different hurricanes that hit and, um, you know, but Katrina was, was something different and, and we slowly watched as Katrina hit Florida and then, uh, gained strength in the warm waters of the, the Gulf and, um, you know, uh, became just a nightmare scenario for the Louisiana, 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 Alabama. Uh, Mississippi coastline, um, and um, you know the rest is history. You know, uh, Hurricane Katrina struck um, right at the um, Louisiana um, 
Mississippi State line uh, as a Cat 3. Um, but the Storm Surge uh, had just enough potency uh, to uh, uh, cause major major flooding and uh, and obviously uh, toppled the levees in New Orleans. And, you know, what I saw on the news, I can remember, um, just shocked me, you know, uh, in, in a great American city like Louisiana, um, you just had this devastation, you know, and you had a bunch of poor black folk that were left behind and um, suffered and died. Um, over 1,800 deaths were recorded in um, Louisiana. And I, I just remember, it was really interesting in class, in the political science classes, talking about the policy response of the federal government, the state government, the local government. You know, and it was it was Hurricane Katrina that essentially, I, I remember being like, okay, you know, um, I'll never be the same. You know, and, and that was... Uh, uh, what really fired me up to, uh, uh, you know, full-time um, pursue a career in the uh, government, um, political, whatever, policy world. Um, but I remember being, uh, you know, shocked uh, um, with the racial disparities that existed during Katrina, uh, particularly in, in uh, New Orleans. And, um, you know, uh, it, 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 was something that I'll never forget. Later that year, I took a course, several uh, several courses in the summertime. Uh, by this time, I got elected as student body vice president, and uh, and man, that's a good gig because um, when I don't know how I don't know about other schools, but um, at UNF, when you um, are elected SGA president or vice president, you get all your tuition paid for. Man, it, it's a nice gig. So I remember front loading, you know, and just taking a ton of classes. Uh, <clears throat> and um, just, um, you know, taking these classes and, and, and trying to get as many credits as I could because they were free, you know what I'm saying? And uh, so I took these uh, two courses, History of the Old South and uh, History of the New South. Uh, they were summer courses and um, just incredible, incredible uh, courses that I, that I took. The professor was um, Dr. Aaron Sheehan Dean. Uh, he was at the University of North Florida for a while. He uh, now is in a pretty prominent position at uh, LSU, Louisiana State University, uh, teaching history there. And he was incredible. I'll never, I'll never forget. In class one day, he 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 just he gets like really passionate, and he's like, "Listen, I don't care what you were taught in high school or what your your grandmammy said or your." Uncle Buck said the Civil War was fought over slavery, period. And, and, and I mean, this guy is literally a, a, a nationally known um, um, Civil War uh, expert on the history of the um, American South. I mean, he's just he's, he's a beast. And um, and he just started opening up our eyes about the racialized elements in American society and how. Uh, that was the, um, the 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 premise for war, um, and 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 uh, it was that class. Uh, it was I'll never forget that summer. This was the summer of two thousand six. Um, he um, he took us 
to Kingsley Plantation. It was the first slave plantation uh, I had ever been to. Uh, it's in Jacksonville. It's just gorgeous. If you're ever you in Jacksonville, you, you, you please head over to Fort George Island. If you're, if you're not from Jacksonville, um, visit, uh, visit the area. Um, and, uh, please go see Kingsley Plantation, um, uh, on, in the, uh, on the Fort George Island, uh, basically Northeast Jacksonville. It's the, I, I believe it's the oldest slave plantation house in the state of Florida, but he took a, he took a class field trip. I was like, this is so cool, man. In college, we're taking field trips. And man, we, we did this, we took this field trip out there and we learned all about the history of uh, slaves. We saw slave quarters and, and, and learned all about, um, plantation life in the antebellum South. And, and, and it was incredible. And, and his, you know, I need to write to him an email one day. Cause I'm like, dude, you were on some other stuff. I mean, he made history come alive in a way I had never experienced. I mean, it's probably one of the reasons why he's one of the top history professors in the United States. But but I was so lucky to have him. Uh, it, um, I I I I took another I took a bunch of classes under him at UNF, and I was so close. I actually applied to um, Ole Miss's Southern Study, Pro, Study Southern Studies program, and um, and I uh, I was um, slated to go after my PhD in history, particularly. History of, uh, of the uh, of, of the of the American South and um, but I you know last minute I chose Texas A and M and chose to do something more practical with my life and get an MPA Master's in Public Administration which I, looking back on it I mean I, I it's a it was a great degree I had a wonderful time at A and M learned a lot I would have loved though to have um, uh, really just went all in when it came to history. And, and studying the history of the South, uh, my my passion was the civil rights movement, still is today. Uh, but but Aaron Sheehan Dean was incredible and instrumental in um, becoming woke. And and um, you know after you know after college, after undergrad, I, you know went to Texas A and M. And the goal was to get the MBA, MPA and, and work in government, uh, to be in government and to work in uh, full time just get after it and uh my, my passion was working in communities that were traditionally disinvested disinvested um communities that were um, um just filled with blight and um just uh you know crime and and uh poverty and uh it's just my passion you know um I, I, there was a, a scripture in Isaiah 58, 12, um, and it, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but it says, some of you will, will rebuild cities. You will restore walls. You will become a repairer of, of homes, uh, of broken homes. And and, um, and and that was my scripture. And I was like, man, God's called me to be um, an instrument of revitalization in, uh, uh, in, in neighborhoods that, had, that desperately need to be revitalized, that desperately need help. Um, and, and so... Um, I worked in Texas uh, for a couple of years, uh, worked in um, uh, uh, doing some uh, economic development work, uh, housing and community work, uh, particularly in Beaumont, Texas, uh, and um, worked out in, uh, in, did some work out in Houston, uh, and uh, did a lot of work in Baton Rouge. I moved to Baton Rouge after graduation uh, in May, uh, July, I think of 2009, and, and, and started working 
uh, there and um, had a great role as a project manager for the East Baton Rouge Redevelopment Authority. It was a quasi-governmental authority uh, that um, uh, was formed a couple years prior to me getting there uh, by the Louisiana legislature to, legislature to essentially help um, you know disinvested communities um, in in the area in the county and um, help them get on their feet. The the Louisiana legislature gave us the special ability to quiet title, um, gave us um, um, certain um, uh, financing tools to help businesses and homes in the area um, 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 spruce themselves up and and uh, as far as aesthetics and their uh, physical features and um, it was it was a great position and uh, I really enjoyed it and um, you know I did that for a couple of years and 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 I and I loved it you know I I, I, I loved working in the black community I loved um, you know there's so much history there's so much um and and then there, there's a lot of problems as well uh in, in, in some of these uh, uh, uh high poverty um areas and um in, in baton rouge i worked in five different areas and um man it was just an incredible experience uh you know it's so much so that i actually moved uh to downtown uh, uh baton rouge and and so, you know, I did that for, uh, I loved it so much that I, um, eventually I, I, I moved uh, to downtown Baton Rouge to be closer to the areas where I, I worked in and, um, you know, just, just, I had just the time of my life there. It was, uh, an incredible time. It was, you know, it's, um, and there's a point I want to talk about a little bit later, but you know, there was just, I had just this proximity to pain, you know, I, I would run. You, my, my house was, I mean, literally, a, there, there was, I-10, was there's like an overpass that separated my neighborhood from like, you know, the projects, you know what I'm saying, the hood. And and and, and um, I would run underneath the underpass, uh, the, I'm sorry, the overpass, and, um, and, and, and I would be in, 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 in that area, and, and I, w- I would run out there, and, and then I would run through that neighborhood and cut across to get to LSU and I'd run around the little lakes and everything, come back and, you know, I'd ran in that neighborhood. I knew people in that neighborhood. I did business in that neighborhood and, and it was just so important. And, you know, just that proximity to what was going on, you know, and that was so helpful. And, and then I moved to Jacksonville and, you know, in, in Jacksonville, uh, you know, it was so interesting. I mean, again, like I, I studied civil rights in, in college uh, not a ton, but definitely was, you know, uh, aware of, 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 of our history and, 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 and history of inequities in America when it came to people of color and what folks, what people of color in America had have, have experienced historically. And, and man, it was, I moved to Jacksonville and, and for years, I kind of just underwent this, like this, I don't know, I just kind of fell into this racial hibernation, you know, I mean, my church in Jacksonville was a predominantly white church. Uh, um, you know, in a really nice area in town and, um, you know, I didn't, you know, I just didn't, I just, just kind of fell asleep when it came to, uh, issues of inequity. Uh, you know, it was, um, 
man, my church is all about discipleship and evangelism and and you know I was I was leading the young professionals group at, at our church. That was my that was my main role. And so, you know, um, it wasn't like I was uh, I wasn't in the community, uh, you know, in in traditionally disinvesting communities uh, a lot. And um, and so it was it was interesting. You know, a lot of I think. <laughs> you know, I was, I fell in love with Tracy and, and, you know, we got engaged and we got married and started having babies. And so man, just life just, just picked up, man. It just, you know, and I remember the first kind of eye-opening experience that I had, you know, I mean, you know, being married to a white woman, you know, there, you kind of get used to the, 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 the glares and the kind of looks of disgust um, just the eyes on you, you know, all, you know, interracial marriage, it's interesting. You know, I think it's, um, I think, I think there's about 15 to 17% of marriages in America are, are interracial marriages. And so the, the interracial marriage is, is becoming, is widely accepted and, and, and somewhat normalized in society today. I mean, we still have a long way to go with that. And I can tell that by just <laughs> stopping at a gas station with my wife in the country. It's like, bro, uh, we ain't, we ain't been to stay long out here. Cause, uh, <laughs> these, these folks out here looking at, looking at me, like I'm, you know, this 1940, you know what I'm saying? So, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, the, the, the first opening experience for me in Jacksonville, you know, again, I felt kind of fell asleep, you know, at the wheel and was, it was, it was when, uh, Trayvon Martin was killed by George Zimmerman um, <clears throat> in 2012, and I'll never forget that because you know the, the news was going crazy and it was it was you know and it, it was all over the news and everything and I, it was in Sanford you know which is right outside of Orlando and you know it's close to Jacks about two hours from Jacks so we felt it in in, in a, a way uh, you know it, it, it hit pretty close to home in Jacks and um, uh, but. You know, when that happened, I'll never forget the Sunday after the verdict, when uh, uh, when a Zimmerman was acquitted, um, you know, it was just like, I mean, it was crazy. You know, people, folks were marching in the streets and and our worship leader at the time uh, was this was this black cat. And um, and he said something about he said something about like injustice, like it was during the worship service on a Sunday. And he mentioned something about like, you know, when there's like injustice in the world, like God, we hope in you. And he didn't mention Trayvon. He didn't mention Zimmerman. He didn't mention none of those cats, but he just said something about injustice. And, 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 and this white cat that I knew, this white boy that I knew, he was in my small group. And, um, and he was, uh, in the, he was in the Navy. I think he was a Marine. He was in my small group. And, and he actually was from Oxford, Mississippi, which I actually spent some time in Oxford, Mississippi. We, we lived in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, for two, two, three years when I was younger, um, my, my daddy had a job at Ole Miss and, and he, had, he, had, he had a TV show called Mississippi Business Today. And so we spent, before moving to Florida in 94, 93, something like that, we, we, we lived in Oxford. And so he was, get this, this cat, this dude was lived in Oxford at the same time and we were in the same class. It was crazy. This cat, he was like my friend. I can't remember his name. <laughs> it's horrible. Can't remember the cat's name, but this, but this dude was my—he was my friend. We had the same teacher. It was Miss—it was Miss Hubbard, I think in like fourth grade, 
And and we like it, I'm talking like he brought in like the like he had his mom take a picture of the yearbook and like I was in it. It was crazy. And so we were like buddies, you know what I'm saying? And I'll never forget though, because our worship leader said like something about injustice, and my boy this, walked out the church. You could I could see because I was standing in the back, uh, waiting to go in, and he walked out kind of red faced and flustered. And I was like, I was like, bro, bro, what's going on, man? Where you, where, what you going? Where you going, man? What you doing? You going to the bathroom? He's, like, I'm leaving. I'm like, huh? Where you going, man? He's like, he, he's like, that he should have said something about injustice. He didn't know what he's talking about. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what are you talking about? And dude left our church and never came back. Because our worship leader says something about like inject, like he again didn't say nothing about the case, nothing, but just kind of he, he knew as a black man, like black folks were hurting. You know what I'm saying? Like the system didn't work. You know, for, to a lot of people, the system didn't work. You know, and and it was so interesting. And he and, and and he said that, and my man left, and he never came back. I never saw him again. And I was like, whoo, like stuff is boiling, man. Like. You know, it's it, you know, it's like things seem well in our country, but man, there are some fault lines. You know what I'm saying? Like w when it comes to issues of race and justice, um, and um, you know, just just it was so so interesting. And then a couple of years later, after that, um, you know, one of the giant racial earthquakes in America was Ferguson. You know, Michael Brown. You had just right, you know, one after another. You know, you had uh, um, Eric Garner in New York City, and then Michael Brown, and so many other people. Michael Brown Ferguson was huge, and and I remember, you know, that really keying in on that. At this time, I was um, a, a professor at UNF. I was teaching as an adjunct professor, teaching uh, public administration, um, you know, leadership, public management, all that stuff. Um, I got a little side job. I was still working at the church as a pastor. To the young professionals, but I was doing a little side job as a, a adjunct professor, and um, man, it was so interesting. Just kind of, you know, hearing my students talk about what was going on in Ferguson. We were talking about what Ferguson in class, and um, just watching it on the news, and you know, like a lot of that stuff just wasn't talked about. Stuff like Ferguson and 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 and, and Eric Garner. This time, Black Lives Matter, like. This stuff wasn't being talked about at my church, you know what I'm saying? And so it just we, not from like from the pulpit, you know what I'm saying? Like there'd be some side conversations here or there, but I just remember being like, man, stuff is like erupting um, in our socio political landscape in America, and 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 I mean, we, folks are rioting. Folks, are, you, you, this is stuff that you know I studied in the late '60s. You know the Watts riots, uh, you know uh, uh, the 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 uh, L.A. riots, you know the the L.A. Watts riots, the D Detroit riots. You know, obviously the um, riots after M.L.K. was was assassinated. You know, and and you know, deck stuff. You know, forty something, fifty something years ago, fifty something years ago, and and you know, we're seeing this unfold on our on my TV screen. I'm watching it with Tracy. And I'm just like, what is like that that Marvin Gaye song? You know, what's going on? Like I'm like, man, what is going on? And the, you you see this eruption of rage and anger. And then and then what's interesting, you know, the these day and age, you know, this 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 day and age, you know, as opposed to ten years ago, not when I was in school, 
you know, with during Katrina and everything, and you had the Genesis 6 thing in, in, in Louisiana, I think in 2006, 2007. But, you know, obviously you had the advent, you know, technological advances with social media. So now, you know, now you got Twitter, you got hashtag, you got Black Lives Matter, then you got All Lives Matter, and Blue Lives Matter, and you, all this stuff. People are taking their sides, and I just remember just watching all that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, America is coming apart at the seams. Like, there is so much anger, and I was just blind toward that. Not like blind toward it, but like, I don't know, just really just kind of like, I just kind of fell asleep a bit towards it. And so, um, you know, it, it, you know, it, it, that's when I started becoming woke and, and started reading a lot of stuff and, you know, researching a lot of stuff, started reading books and everything. Uh, a couple months later, I, 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 you know, I started school again and, 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 um, you know, I, I felt the Lord calling me to pursue, um, my education and, um, you know, just kind of go back to school. My, my education at Liberty was all about theology. It was all about the you know, doctrine of God, systematic theology, all this stuff. And that stuff's cool, man. So that, but I'm not, like that stuff, it, it, it kind of bores me. Like, I mean, it's, it's cool, but like, I'm way more interested in um, the intersection um, of religion and 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 race and power and leadership and I, I love intersectionality i love integration you know justice and 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 law and 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 so all those things i mean, obviously i love theology and ministry stuff too but i love how it's integrated into uh the larger socio-political fabric um how how can we you know, basically practical theology right like public theology like how what does my theology what what does my theology compel me to do in the public sphere sphere you know like what is what is it what does it call me to do in my society and so um so by that you know i finished up at liberty and at, by i by the time i got into duke in um august uh 2015 or something like that or no it was may i'm sorry it was like april 2015 i kind of had an idea with everything going on in the news, it was like, man, I, I need to focus. I want to focus my, my 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 doctoral studies and maybe my dissertation one day. I want to focus that on somehow kind of being a bridge builder, uh, working towards reconciliation, racial reconciliation. Because, man, it's like, you know, Obama came in and we were like, oh, man, hope and change, hope and change. Obama's coming, you know, and, and there were so much, there's so many overtures to this kind of post-racial, colorblind America, hey, you're a black guy, hey, a black guy is in the highest office of the land, therefore sit down and shut up, you have no excuse to complain anymore, right? Like, like it was this post-racial America, right? Like, Obama was the answer, he was the key, you know, and to, to, to not just the black folks, white, a lot of white folks too, you know, and, and it, was, it was crazy because, you know, you had all this stuff going on with with Freddie Gray and Eric Garner and 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 and, and Trayvon Martin and, and, and Michael Brown and Sandra Bland and 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 and, and all this, and not to even mention the mass incarceration issue. You know what I'm saying? Like that's you know, and so it's like, and all this stuff is under Obama's, you know, uh, uh, presidency. You know, and 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 so it, it it was just jarring. You know, and. Um, I just remember all that stuff. So by the time I got my, my doctor or I started my, my doctor, I was like, I want to work in that field. I want to, that's my, I, I got to figure out, I want to write 
uh, when it comes to that. I want to speak out when it comes to that. Like I got to, you know, and um, it was just really, really interesting. And um, so it was the summer of 2015 when uh, Charleston happened, you know, uh, uh, Emmanuel AME, uh, where nine sweet uh, men and women of God were murdered in cold blood at a Bible study by a white supremacist, <laughs> Dylan Roof. And I was like, th this was, you know, I, you, I, I got accepted in April to Duke and I, I didn't start till August. This was like, it was like June or something like that, you know? And I remember Charleston was it. And it was like when Charleston happened, I'll never forget. I was, I was in, um, I was in my, my living room and I was just, I mean, just like, like everyone else in America, I was just glued, you know, to the TV. I mean, I was glued, my, my iPad was going, my CNN apps. I mean, I was all apped up, you know, just tracking stuff, you know, and, and I'll never forget. I would like, I just felt like, like I needed to be there. I mean, at, at this time, this, this is a day after a day and a half after and I mean, news crews, CNN, Fox, MSNBC, CBM, everybody out there, AMP, TNT, uh, BYB, you know what I'm saying? Like BOB, like everybody, everybody was out heading to Char Charleston. You know what I'm saying? Everyone was going out there to cover what was happening. I mean, it was crazy. You know what I'm saying? And um, I remember being like, I got to go. I've got to go. I just got to be there. I don't even know why. And, and, um, you know, I'll never forget the next morning. I'm like, Tracy, she's like, what's up? I'm like, why are you, why are you looking at me like that? You got the eyes all twitching and everything like that. And I was like, babe, I'm going to Charleston. She's like, what? I was like, I'm going to Charleston. You know, I don't know. I don't, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do there. I just, I need to go to Charleston. And she's like, are you serious? I'm like, yes. And she's like, okay. I mean, she was, you know, and and I, I a lot of kind of what I was had been feeling kind of was internalized, you know. I didn't let Tracy in on a lot. Yeah, I think I was just still kind of discovering stuff and dealing with stuff, but you know, it was um it was crazy. And I went to Charleston and I called like three of my friends, uh JJ, uh Burslam, um and um and um this other cat i can't remember his name for some reason I'm not, i know the guy's name but um chris chris yeah and um and i called him i was like hey i'm going to charleston i don't even know what's about to happen but i'm going you coming with me and they're like uh yes and and we go we go out there and i just have no plan i just want to be out there and the world's you know the world is descending on charleston obama was there it was crazy and we get there and we just start walking the streets and I just start talking to people. I start interviewing people. I'm recording them like, cause you know, I didn't know like, is it going to turn into a Ferguson? I mean, is it going to turn into, I mean, what's going on? And you know, obviously, you know, the story, it, 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 it um, there was an incredible atmosphere of just love and forgiveness and, um, you know, the families, um, um, you know, got the opportunity it, it went public that the families forgave um the uh, uh roof um for what he did and 
Um, but it was just a crazy atmosphere and, and everyone was there and, and streets were packed in downtown. You know, we just started praying for people. We started talking to people. Uh, I actually, it was crazy. I actually snuck into the church. Like it was walled off. As you can imagine, like, you know, tens of thousands of people on the street, streets and, and it, the, the church was like barricaded. There were police officers. Like you could not get in and there was funerals going on and everything in there. And, I just like went around the back and and literally just snuck in the church. I was like, I just had to be in there. I didn't know what. And when I went in the church, you know, like there was, you know, funerals going on like downstairs and everything. And I went into the, the, the sanctuary and I'll never forget just sitting in the pew. And I just felt like a voice, like I just, it felt so clear. It was like, you are called to speak out. You are called to be a bridge builder. You are called. It's like, it's what I had been feeling, but it was like in that church where nine folks were murdered. And, and I was just like, I just felt the Holy Spirit in such a strong way. Just kind of arrest my heart and, and just kind of, I don't know, just break my heart for division. Uh, and, and, uh, I just, I felt the Lord, you know, MLK had a dream, you know, about unity. And I just felt the Lord just put inside my heart a dream for unity and diversity and inclusion and and breaking down barriers, man, cultural barriers, racial barriers, generational barriers, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and breaking that stuff down. And so it was crazy. I was just sitting in that church and and, 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 and just, and I, just started, I just started walking around the church and, and I, mean, I can't believe security, like the police didn't, didn't not arrest me, but I mean, just kicked me out. I mean, cause I mean, I clearly was not, you know, I did, did not, I didn't look like I belonged in, but I was there. And then, um, you know, I, I, I left my boys out there in the streets. I didn't even, I, I think I told him, I can't remember. I think I did. I think I texted him. I was like, I'm inside. And then I was like, I told him all what happened. And, and, and we just marched around downtown and we went on a prayer walk and, and and we stayed for like a, a day, day and a half or something like that. And, and then we left. But Charleston changed me forever. And and being on those streets, you know, when when it was all going down, it it was something you know, it, it's something it's interesting when you're you're on the ground. Something it's interesting. you know, I hear a lot of stories about just like young freedom fighters you know what i'm saying you know i i see black lives matter as the new a, a new civil a powerful new civil rights movement and so many young people out on the streets marching and protesting in and you know like so many of them got their start you know in the heat of battle like you know like on the streets you know uh staring down tanks you know and 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 in and, and obviously I think my, my story was clearly different. I mean, I wasn't nearly as tough as what some of these folks had to, you know, have gone through who've marched in the streets, um, you know, for uh, uh, criminal justice reform and and the and valuing and and uh the dignity of, of black lives in America and you know, but been sitting in that sitting in in that church at Emmanuel AME. And just kind of feeling the weight of what was going on. I was just like, like, it was just like a, like a call of God, you know, and it had been building for a while, but it was so 
clear and um and 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 so you know that's that's a bit of a bit of my journey um i think on the next episode i want to want to share just kind of what my dissertation is about and what was birthed really from charleston what was birthed from uh, 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 that that sitting in that sanctuary and and um you know just all what had been going on in the news i mean um it just produced this this is giant, just raging passion of mine, uh, and and uh, would just want to share with you guys uh, about what I what I wrote and um, and um, you know just kind of why I, uh, why I wrote uh, uh, this stuff and 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 my hope for it, you know, my hope for the church, you know, everybody says the church is the answer. I just wonder if the church is asking the right questions, you know. I wonder if the, you know, it, it, you know, what, what does that even mean? The church is the answer, you know what I'm saying? And so in my dissertation, I try to tackle how the church can respond uh, to racial, racialized crises in America. Your, your Ferguson's, your Charleston's, your, your Baltimore's, your, 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 your Philando Castillo's, your Alton Sterling, you know? Uh, and so, uh, you know, there's more to this story, but that's a bit of my journey. You know, the last, uh, obviously, you know, if you follow me on Instagram, I post a lot about civil rights, about um, historical black uh, men and women, black men and women who were freedom fighters, man, who uh, um, who saved America's reputation when it came to democracy and fair treatment and equality. And, 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 and um, I post a lot about that because it's important. It's not just my ancestors. It's not just folks who came before me and gave me an opportunity to to go to a school like Duke uh, or Texas A and M for crying out loud, Lord have mercy. I mean, you, it, it, it's Texas, baby. This is the, the deep South. You know, it, it, uh, black folks like me weren't always welcome in institutions like that. You know, and and so it's um, yeah, I pay a lot of homage to those folks. They were men and women of God. You know that led a revival that changed the conscience of a nation. And uh, I, I honor them and I, and I write about them and they captivate me. They're, they're, they're heroes of the faith. Uh, uh, and, um, and, and, and so, you know, if you follow me on that, I post a lot about that. But, you know, I read a lot of books. Um, you know, a lot of that came from my dissertation and everything. Books that I, I put on a list like, I want to read this and it'll help me in my dissertation. I'm, the plan is to turn the dissertation to a book. More on that later. But that's just a bit of my journey. That's my story. And um, kind of raw. I mean, no agenda here. I, I mean, seriously, you know, you know, these podcast episodes, you're supposed to write an agenda out and everything and stay focused. And I'm just talking, man. I'm just I'm just talking and, and um, just about what God has done in my life over the last man, four or five years. And, um, you know, how I've been just kind of, you know, awakened, you know, out of this kind of weird racial hibernation malaise kind of all as well whatever and into the reality of what's going on in america and so um man um gosh if you have any questions uh man e email me uh e email me my, my email is eight my email is h dot d and dog dot briscoe b-r-i-s-c-o-e at gmail.com i'd love to hear your thoughts uh love to hear um, and you know, I'd love to answer any questions you have, um, going to pick it up, uh, next episode and talk about my dissertation and, and plans to turn into a book and, and, and just, just kind of, you know, what, 
God kind of did and took out of those years of kind of slowly being awakened to what's going on in America. And, and um, I just I just really have a burning passion for this stuff. And um, and I'm just excited to share uh, with y'all uh, what I've been working on this past year. I just finished my dissertation uh, in December, December 1st. Man, that's crazy. Really recent. Yeah. And so, man, I can't wait to join, uh, to have y'all uh, 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 on the next episode of the best of both worlds. I hope you guys have an incredible week. Uh, don't forget to follow us, subscribe on SoundCloud, the best of both worlds. Follow me on Instagram, Dr. Briscoe at Dr. Briscoe, Twitter, same thing at Dr. Briscoe. And on Facebook, you can follow us at Darrell Tracy Briscoe. You guys are incredible. So thankful y'all for tuning in, uh, to the show. And um, just being there along with us uh, for this journey. We appreciate y'all. Y'all take care.